0: Okay, Sarah. Thank you very much. It's good to be with everyone again today. If you haven't or can't detect it, uh, I'm losing my voice. A bit uh, ill, but I'm able to go forward. Though so if I have some difficulties with that, please excuse that. I apologize. In the meantime, Sarah has identified our topic. She's mentioned the word scissors in Greece, a word combination which would cause perhaps some question as to the nature of our focus in this research, but we are honing in on a very particular element in the MEC conversion index that is critical to achieving high conversion on a given process or a landing page. Indeed, I would say of the elements that we often work on, friction, while it perhaps has not achieved the coefficient of some of the other elements, like the clarity of the value proposition, It's unique in that by eliminating friction, you get some of the greatest gains in the overall process. In a recent research brief, we demonstrated that consciously organizing offer pages around a single objective would consistently increase conversion. In another, we established a link between the length of an offer page and its performance. But in this clinic, we're going to combine these observations with additional research to study a variable that we've called friction here. And we'll talk more about that. What is friction in the cells process and how does friction in the cells process affect conversion? And most importantly, how can I use my understanding of friction to maximize the conversion rate of any cells process? These are the relative questions and they're connected to a simple test design that I'd like to introduce as part of our first case study with an experiment. This experiment was for the publisher of a very large national newspaper. The goal was to develop a new order process that would maximize conversion. John's going to show you, he's running the slides first today, the actual order process in its entirety. You'll note that it is nine pages long. Now, they're attractive pages, but they're long. And without much work here in terms of deep Uh, strategic Council. we realized that by reducing the number of pages, we could likely reduce something we call friction. And so we'll show you now what the new process looks like. You'll see that we reduced it from nine pages to three pages. And, of course, we've tried to cover up the brand here. But that's a dramatic difference. And the issue that it raises is, can you really do this? I mean, isn't there certain sequences that are critical to achieving the highest conversion? How can you get away with reducing an order process from nine pages to three without giving up critical information? In this process, all of the critical information was captured, but more importantly, there was an impact on conversion. Let's look at the data results. You should see a simple table that lays out the conversion rate for the long checkout form. That is the original that are in a single factorial test. For those of you that have studied test design with us, this was the control. And then the short checkout, that's 1.04%. The difference in yield is 300%. What you need to understand is simple. By reducing the length of the order process from nine pages to three, and by reorganizing the form fields, we increase conversion by 300%. All of this was done on a basis of a principle we call friction, and if you think that friction is just reducing the number of pages, then we've made the mistake here of conveying an oversimplified explanation. We're going to look at a lot of different case studies today, and then before we're done, we're going to ask you to submit URLs and we're going to actually study those pages and try to help you on the fly improve your own processes. So hang in there for those, and as your questions are coming in, in fact, all throughout this process, you may want to submit URLs. Some of you have already submitted URLs. We've picked some. We may select others as they come in. We're going to look at actual processes that originate with your landing page. This might be an order process or a subscription process, and we'll try to help you uh, think through your own, and we'll look at it through this lens of the MEC Labs Conversion Index or the Marketing Experiments Conversion Index. First of all, I think it's important to give you some, some more background on friction and an understanding of how we use it when we're thinking about the order process, the concept itself. So what is sales self-process friction? We define it as psychological resistance to a given element in the cell. Friction does not occur on the page, and this is very important for you. Friction is something that actually occurs in the mind of the customer. This psychological resistance is actually a function of something that's taking place on the page itself. Friction arises from any element of the sales process that causes aggravation or fatigue or confusion. But you can't understand friction if you just look at a process and count the number of fields. You'll make the wrong decisions. Your intuition will be off, unless you understand that friction is itself a phenomena that occurs in the mind of your prospect. Now, that's going to help us start to break it down to components, and we get into more depth with this in our certification course on landing pages, but the goal here today is not to provide you with some introductory piece of information, but something very real very tangible that you can take home and apply to your own situation. Unfortunately, if you eliminate all sources of friction, you eliminate the sale. Every time you ask the customer to do something for you or provide something to you, you're creating friction. So I want to suggest for you that it's a mistake to think your goal is to reduce friction. It's not reduce friction, but only to minimize it. Once you've minimized it, you have to use another aspect of the conversion index, uh, another element to mitigate friction. So, if it's not clear for you, it will be as we proceed. Let's look a little bit more. So, we have thought through friction, and you probably know that some of us here are trained in philosophy, and we think categorically, and we think about words. And if you break the concept of friction down, it really originates out of two components. One is the length of a process, and the other is the difficulty of the process. Now, if you can break... Friction, or your understanding of friction into those 2 subcomponents, then you'll find yourself in a position where you can actually look at your process and identify the elements that might be contributing to this psychological friction. Again, I'd like you to think deeper. I'd like you to think beyond how many form fields do I have. That's a valuable lesson and it was amazing to me that 18 months ago almost no one was paying attention to things like this. But today I think Overall, we're learning some lessons from our adventure on the Internet, and so we need to think a little bit more deeply about friction. And let's do that by thinking that, as an example, difficulty relates to effort, time investment, and especially confusion. Whereas length has to do not just with the length of a page, but the number of fields. Difficulty might be the nature of the fields. There's are certain kinds of information that create friction. There are certain kinds of requests that create friction. We'll see these examples as we move through a live process. In fact, let me give you an example now. If you would look at the next case study, you're going to see an example of friction related to difficulty. This is an offer page, and this is the bottom of the offer page, and on the left-hand side of the screen, you'll note what is really the full offer page and on the right hand side you'll see more or less a blow up of the bottom portion of that and as you look at these two side by side you'll start to see how we address the problem with what we determined could be a difficulty in friction now what you might see at the top is a page that cost a significant amount of money for design by one of the leading agencies in the world and it's clean It has many things that speak well of it. At the bottom, it asks you to make a decision, and it gives you three buttons. Buy now, learn more, a free sample. This seems reasonable enough, but we felt like you were compounding friction because you were making the prospect think more and make decisions before he made the decision you wanted him to make creates friction, and it costs you in terms of conversion. So if you'll look carefully, you'll see that we reduce that by going to one button. Now, it's not just the fact that it's one button, but the button itself has very carefully worded, well-tested text. And it also has a learn more option because that was required by the you know, powers that be within the organization. But that learn more has been de-emphasized, it's an underlying link it's not what we want you to click on. We want you to click on a confirmation of your subscription. It is a free trial. Now, in this particular diagram, you don't see that a radio button has been predetermined. But in the actual execution, one of those radio buttons was pre checked. So there's essentially no decision that you have to make except to buy. Beware of too much unsupervised thinking in the checkout process, make it easy to make the decision and reduce friction. Let's see what the results were. John, take us to the next slide. Here you'll see the original, and you'll see the optimized version. You'll see the differential in convergence, and you'll see that by simply making a minor change at the bottom of the form, there's a 65% increase in conversion. Now, most of you are aware of this, but this means 65% more potential revenue, all by changing that that very discrete portion of the landing page. So what you need to understand is that including the offer price on the landing page, which also incidentally removed one page in the order process and minimizing friction by reducing the level of decision-making difficulty on the order form caused a significant yield upwards of 65%. Let's go on to a, a little bit more explanation. Now we're infamous here for these patented formulas, but you, you they're not just words on a page. They're designed to help you. They're designed to give you a protocol, a way to think about how you're going to get results. And I'm not going to dwell on the formula, but I want to point out for you that M has to do with the motivation of the user and it's one of the most important elements of conversion. C has to do with the probability that a given customer will convert. V has to do with the clarity of a value proposition. Not the value proposition, the clarity of it. And these are things that... Again, we teach in our certification. But notice I minus F. That's what we want you to understand. F stands for friction. And if you'll notice this clip art looking diagram at the bottom, it's actually something that we've done to try and explain to you how friction and incentive must come together. Now, I... Suggested earlier that you cannot eliminate all friction. If you do, you cannot sell because asking for money is going to necessitate some degree of friction. But what you must do, once minimize all friction in the process, is increase the incentive. Now this is vital. This is the way you counterbalance friction. And if you'll notice the scale, on the one hand is the friction element. On the other hand, is the incentive element. And what you're trying to do is balance the friction against sufficient incentive to get a completion. Now, think about that and think about these three principles. One of the most effective ways to increase conversion is to decrease friction. I've suggested that at the beginning. It's important to point out that I have seen greater gains from this simple change than I have from many of the other aspects of the formula. Number two, the objective is to minimize, not eliminate friction. And we've talked about that. Number three, once friction has been minimized, you seek to overcome the remainder with incentive. Now, I'm not teaching incentive today. That is our next clinic, the one you want to get registered for in two weeks. May I say to you that I am shocked at how little we know about how to select the right incentive. We've developed a formula based on what we call perceived value differential, PVD. The secret to an effective incentive is to take the perceived value of a given incentive and match it against your net cost. And when there's a high differential between the perceived value and the actual cost, you can... Tip the scales against friction in favor of the purchase. And you can do so in a way that's extremely cost-effective. You need to know how to calculate PVD. You need to know how to select the best incentive. And then you need to know how to optimize the entire process to get the most revenue in the through channels through the specific conversion funnels that they're coming in. There's a methodical way to do that. Many of us just try an incentive. And if it doesn't work, we quit, and we miss the point. It's really never a question of, do I need an incentive? It's only a question of which incentive will produce the highest yield. Keeping that in mind, let's look at some more case studies that may help us to further grasp how we can apply this to our own situation. So, here's a study. We conducted an 18-day experiment for one of the top paid subscription websites in the world. the order process, that is to maximize conversion subscription. And the original page, which we'll show you, was lengthy. It was broken down into four parts. And the biggest friction element, the credit card information, is still ahead. You've gone through this process, but you have not yet had to present your card. I want to stop there, just hold that place, and I want to suggest to many of you that are wondering, what do I do with video and you're looking for a viral solution to your marketing I challenge you to think about using video to get people through the friction process in your site I wonder what you might accomplish if there was a link next to the credit card request that popped up an explanation why you're asking for the credit card now and a credible person delivered a effective message that set your anxiety to rest Anxiety, by the way, is not part of friction. Logically, we could suggest that it's a piece of friction, but it's a, it's a separate element because there's something different you do than avoiding aggravation. There's something you must do to counter fear. That's part of moving those numbers up. For now, dwell just for a moment on the next version of this page. Let's go ahead. Now, here's our version. It's very simple. It's extremely simple, actually. The headline is benefit-focused. We require far less on this side of the process. And the format is clean and linear. Let's look at results. Here's what you need to understand. By reducing the number of fields required and dramatically reducing the perceived page length through the layout, we increased conversion by 77%. Now, just stop for a moment. This is a company who had spent years trying to improve the process. They'd hired consultants. They'd done all kinds of things. You don't even need to set up a full single factorial test because what we're talking about here is what we call at MEC Labs or Marketing Experiments research best practices. You can almost always get an improved result by reducing friction. All right, so let's think ahead and move to another example, and let's think about it as it applies to the order process. In this case study, we conducted a seven-day experiment with a company offering a personality assessment. And this assessment was designed so that a visitor receives an evaluation of their own personal communication style. By the way, as your questions are, if you're having questions, please just drop them in there. We'll pull out some of these and try to answer them for you plus there's staff that are standing by to answer your questions personally. If you have a technical question, then support will answer it as you use the question and answer feature. And if you have a question related to the case studies, we'll look at those also and help you. The goal of this test was simple. It was to obtain as many test completions as possible. So let's look at what happened. Look at this field. And I'm going to answer some of these questions in just a moment. This is the order process. Nine information fields required to obtain a free product. We have two issues here, both number and nature. We have both length and difficulty. We have a problem with this very attractive-looking page, and we address that with a new design. This is the new design. I won't spend too long on this because, again, soon we're going to be moving through your own pages. This page is identical to the previous page except both the amount and the nature of information required. We've tested it both ways. We've even required physical addresses and still improved conversion. But in this case, we tried to reduce friction to the lowest possible number and then add back-in elements in a sequence of test designs. Here's the results. Conversion is up. The difference is 26%. And interesting left, overall conversion, which we had originally predicted for the entire site at 6%, because you are looking at a page that we'd already optimized once before, is now up to 24.8%. So by reducing the number and nature of form fields, by asking only for the information required at each stage of the sales process, we increased overall conversion by 26%. So, these are studies that we're showing you because we want to take theory and help you wrap your mind around that process and actually visualize situations that connect to you. One of the easiest ways for us to do that is to look at your own URLs, and they're still coming in. You can continue to submit URLs, and while you're doing that, I'm going to answer a few questions that have come in. So, Someone asked, is anxiety a part of fear? Anxiety and fear are closely connected. They're just not elements that we include in friction. They're so significant, we break them out to represent their own element in the formula, and that way we can address them separately. One of the things that you want to do is avoid just slapping testimonials on your site, but actually use strategic third-party credibility indicators right at the points of friction and right at the points of anxiety and then use incentives to overcome anything that you can't mitigate away. So that's how the two are connected. Friction is more about something that annoys you. And anxiety, of course, is more about something that worries you. Uh, someone's asked, are copies of the slides available? Yes, you'll be getting this. You should be subscribed to the Marketing Experiments Journal to be a part of this clinic. It's free There is probably $10 million for free research on the site. Go and visit that, and you can read more studies like this. In addition, we'll be releasing this in a full brief with text, not just the PowerPoint, but actually the charts and a briefing on our study. You should get that. You may want to do what a lot of our readers do, and that is you take each one of these, print them, and you can get printable copies on the website. If you click through the email, you can get to a printable copy, and you can hole-punch them and create a notebook of these studies. And uh, it's useful when you're planning the future. Someone has asked, let me see, does offer more pay option increase friction? No, offering more pay options reduces friction because it addresses a different kind of problem. It's not so much offering more pay options is the problem, it's how you offer them. Be careful that you offer them with absolute clarity. One of the keys that we've discovered in almost any of these optimization projects is that persuasion is a rare talent that only few of us have, but clarity is a skill that most of us can gain. And in truth, you can improve the results on your site by achieving a greater clarity. And it's amazing to me how confusing most of us are when we present an offering through our websites. We can all get better there, and I would suggest we keep thinking about that. Someone asked, was the, was the 65% increase in revenue or in conversion? In this case, it was virtually the same. It required no more marketing cost, and 65% more of the people adopted in the free trial, which led us to a subsequent test asking, well, are we going to lose a lot more at the end of the free trial? And the answer was no. For some reason, For some reason, more people... Uh, stuck. And I think partly that's because they had a better user experience. But in general, a conversion gain like this should translate into an increase in revenue. Now, one of you B2B listeners asked a very smart question about leads and how does this affect the lead process. I'm going to answer that, and then I'm going to look at URLs. Uh, may I just suggest for you that if you're trying to do lead generation, it's a mistake to think that you're trying to achieve quantity and quality at the same time.
1: Uh, this is Jimmy Ellis, and I'm seeing if uh, we can get Dr. McLaughlin back on the line to finish the rest of the presentation. I'm not sure what happened. I think we're having a uh, uh, technical difficulty with his phone. If uh, so you could just take I'm, a minute.
0: Thank you, Jimmy. I'm not certain whether or not that was a Uh, A sign, but I was cut off right in the middle of the answer to that question. (laughs) I shall attempt again. If I get cut off a second time, then I'll take it as a serious sign. I think I was talking about lead generation. I was answering the question. As you increase conversion on the front end, yes, you will actually see a decrease in the quality of your leads. But it's a mistake to try to optimize both for quality and quantity in the same process. You should, first of all, open that funnel and optimize to get the most leads you can possibly get. Then you optimize a post-lead capture approach that then optimizes the quality of the leads. And if you do it right, and I've done this many times, you almost create them like levers, uh, like dials. You can dial up the number of leads. You can dial up or down the quality of leads, and it's a very effective way. Most of us have had problems because we haven't learned to separate the two processes. In almost any issue with optimization, the difficulty is conflicting objectives. You've got to be careful of that. All right. Now we've come to that other part of the program, which is rather different. We're going to be looking at your web pages. Now you've been submitting them, and my staff has taken some that have been submitted and pasted them into the PowerPoint. I've not seen them. I'm getting ready to see them now. I'm joined by Jimmy Ellis, who is our director of optimization, and he's brilliant in this regard, and Jimmy's going to help us as we look at these new sites and talk about what we might do on the fly that can improve results. So I think Jimmy spoke for just a moment, and we may be joined by some of our other staff members. If you're online, Nick, uh, and some of the others that may be connecting in, any one of you, feel free to jump in and assist us as we proceed. I shall go to the first one. And apparently, this is called NavTrack. And that page is coming up. You're welcome to visit the URL. But we're also going to be looking at the piece. So we're going this way, or is it in the presentation itself? Okay. All right, good. All right, so we're live. We're looking at a browser. This is NavTrack. And uh, the question becomes, how do we... How do we improve this particular page? And it's especially interesting in light of the recent conversation we've been having regarding friction. So uh, I'm here, and I should also tell you that I'm going to tell on you, Stefan. uh Many of you are familiar with Stefan I, Tornquist? Tornquist. Tornquist, who is the uh, Director of Research at Marketing Sherpa. He's actually standing in my office next to me, and uh, uh he lip-syncs, and uh, I, I follow whatever he says. Uh, he's, he's standing next to me, he's also looking with me, and, and we're starting to identify what we would do to improve the quality of this page. Jimmy, I'd like you to weigh in. We're going to put you on the clock and give you three minutes to tell us what you would do.
1: Sure. Uh, on this, part, our, in this particular one, we, we've got to pick some of these examples. These are all pages sent in uh, by people attending the fall, uh, specifically to point out friction. So, On this particular page, the first part is is actually their demo. So what they're offering on this page is two things. Let me change my uh, approach here. There's two conflicting objectives. If you see the bottom of the main body copy on the left, it says subscribe to our e-newsletter. On the right-hand side, there is a free demo. So the first part of the friction is that the confusion in that choice. Am I supposed to subscribe or am I supposed to do the demo? Which one am I supposed to do first? Will I get both? If I do the demo, I'm not really sure. And then the the second part of that is that the demo requires you just to to view the demo online, requires you to put in your address information in additional fields that shouldn't be required just to look at a demo online based on the information that's presented to me. So I don't want to give you my home address or my phone number or anything like that, maybe name first name, last name email, even if that, to see a demo
0: of their service. So those are are the the two or three things that i picked up uh, initially that that strike me. That's very important. And, and, And Jimmy brings up a point that we talk about in other clinics and would be useful for you to keep in mind. You must sequence the calls to action. What you have are equally weighted calls to action, and you have a confused prospect. They're not sure which action to take. They're not even sure what the difference is. Subscribe and view demo, get read before they even read the fine print about to our e-newsletter and understand. And if viewing the demo is a higher objective, then it needs to be weighted, and you can weight it five ways. Size, color, motion, position, shape. These five elements have major impact on actually what we see first, second, and third when we look at a site. There's a lot of other things we could do, but I would point out for you something else. Jimmy's already said it, the problem here, if we were to take the scale devised by MEC with its conversion index and apply it to the offer code EFD, which is a horrible headline, it's bold font, It's, it's larger than the gray, which is above it, and not even red. There's too much space, and the bottom line is it has zero appeal. Remember something, every aspect of the site has to sell. Every single page of the order process has to sell. We stopped selling at the wrong time. But if you look at this, there's something else. You put it on the scale. Friction is high, incentive is low. Do I want a demo bad enough to tell you where I live? No. Especially, especially if there's any other option on the Internet besides you. And there's other options on the Internet besides this company. Now, if you're from this company, and you're probably on the line right now, we do not mean to be cruel, we, we're, 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 we're academics, we beat up our own stuff, and uh, we have contests in the office, and then we, uh, we actually ridicule the loser in a fun way here, and uh, my point is, in the spirit of just trying to help you, and in the interest of our time, for all of you that are sending URLs, we're going to be fast, critical, and we're going to move on, so my suggestion for you is, there's more, there's problems at the bottom of the page, a lot of problems at the bottom of the page. What's that? You have
2: a mouse so we can point the thing. Down yes,
0: to the yes, yes,
2: so
0: yes, yes. Uh, if you'll look at the bottom of the page, why don't John? Why don't you give this guy a phone? Um, we're going to go ahead and hook Stefan into this call, and uh, and and Stefan may want to add some insights as well. Many of you know that Stefan works on the benchmark guides that are released by Marketing Sherpa, and uh, they're preparing now the landing page guide, and he may have thoughts as well. He he wants to share. Just signal me if that's the case. Uh, there's more problems with this page. I think I'm going to confine this to talks about friction, but I should point out that there's a lot of issues here. Down here is a problem, and uh, and again, the way we have things laid out at the bottom of the page is an issue. Not to mention there's some banner blindness, et cetera. We'll get to those things in other types of in, from, in other types of clinics. Let's move on and look at another site. I think we've used our time. All right, so. John, go ahead and take us to another page. This is, looks like a consultant page. And uh, you should be looking at the focal point of Georgia, business performance coaching. We're going to let you, we're going to slide down. Again, if you joined us late, I'm losing my voice. I'm in Florida. It's about 80 degrees. It's in Ponte Vedra Beach, and I shouldn't be having a cold, but apparently I am. So please have mercy on me. I'm trying to talk, and then after this lecture, I'm going to rest. I'm scrolling down the page. It's a long, copper, a long copy letter offer, fairly classic in that regard. And there's an extensive informational questionnaire at the bottom. And uh, I'm going to let you see that for a moment, and then I'm going to scroll back up. While I'm doing that, I'm going to ask that Jimmy give us your three minutes.
1: Sure. On this particular one, what we wanted to really take note of is that this is to capture a lead. Said that the page is set up. It's a long copy style with good bullets. It's pretty good copy. They're doing many things right, but when they're in their lead form, they're requiring a lot of information that is not needed to capture a lead. It should take the absolute minimum that they need to either contact the, the, the customer back or, or achieve their objectives with the lead, and then capture additional details after they've submitted their information. So say, for example, they just want to capture their name and email address. You can include all the same fields that they have on their form in the bottom, but do it on the confirmation page that they've submitted their information. So there's also one, there's one previous step when I sent this uh, over was there's a page before this page that was their primary offer page, and it just said continue. And it was probably about 15 pages long with a copy, and you couldn't continue until you got to the very, very bottom of the copy, and there was no embedded text links to get you there. And that was, this, that was the main thing with this particular page. We've tested long copy and short copy plenty with this type of offer. Many, many, many times long copy will outperform short copy. And so many of you probably think this is much too long. As long as you give the customer an opportunity to basically continue or, or perform the action that you want them to perform, as they go through it, it's usually better than just leaving it at the end because if they get bored or for any reason they, they, they want to seek other options um, and they have to wait to the very bottom, they won't, continue. They, they won't basically stay, keep their attention on the page enough to continue.
0: Now, Jimmy, what you've said is strong, and, uh, and I, I'm going to ask, uh, Stefan if you have anything you want to add to that, feel free to jump in. The only thing I want to point out is that – well, I'll wait. Stefan, you go ahead, and I might say something if you have something you'd like to add.
2: Okay, I think I'm unmuted there, and uh, hopefully I'm not talking to dead air. Um, there were a couple of things that I wanted to point out, uh, things that we've noticed in doing uh, successive eye-tracking research into landing page design for search and email, and certainly in the B2B space. One of those things is, and it may seem like a small one, is the, the centered, um, if I could grab the mouse, um, the centered headline here, the focal point offering, um, two things might happen. One is, because it's centered, it may not be read, and the second is, it may get more attention than it necessarily deserves. It kind of depends on on what the primary goal of the page is. Uh, you know, you, when in fact perhaps why brand matters and the, and the point of increased brand, maybe that's the lead point. The, that's entirely up to the uh, discretion of the designer or the, the page planner, but that centered headline um, is, is certainly uh, something to focus on, as are the multiple colors in the headlines. If we could scroll down a little bit, um, again, not knowing what page leads into this, um if we could stop there, at least on our monitor, and I I don't know uh, whether how standard this is, but the fold on this page falls roughly to to there where we see the the mouse, perhaps a little bit higher, uh, depending on screen resolution. One thing that we've always recommended in the past, and uh, albeit no best practice is infallible, is to have the the action item of the page, uh, to have the beginning of the step, take place above the fold. I know that step one is there above the fold, but there's really no um, action to be taken. Uh, you've really got to go a little bit lower before you see that video. I might uh, I might play with, uh, play with that.
0: Okay. Yes. Now, I I want to move to another one. We're going to keep going and try to keep the pace. In this next one, we're going to ask you for a moment to give us your thoughts as an audience, but may I point out some things about this before we move on? Both Jimmy and Kristen, uh, both Jimmy and Stefan have made good comments. Crispin's a friend from Oxford. Um, and, uh, but I think I'd like to just clarify a couple of things. If you're a smaller business, you may be trying to get quality leads, and you may use this form to pre-qualify the leads and reduce the number of leads that you're getting. The only thing I would suggest to you is that I would break the form into two parts. I'd first of all capture all the leads. I'd move them from the confirmation or from the click of the button to a second page, where they were further qualified, and then you'd have two pools of leads to draw from, depending on the demand level of your own own business. Moreover, if you really get serious about this, let's take the top headline. Blue on white, that much blue on white uh, is a mistake typically. It looks like a link. It's the link color. It's the wrong color to make headline text. Number two, it's all bold. What happens is you have no eye path. You look and your eyes are no longer able to focus. It's not only because it's centered, but also because it's too much bold, colored text to make an effective headline. People are going to see it, skip through it, go down to the headline underneath it. The effective headline on this is actually the red. Follow these two steps and learn much more about the focal point opportunity. The problem is that headline doesn't tell me enough to make me want to get involved. Paragraph underneath that, step 1 is too long, should be two paragraphs and should have three, at least three words bolded with an eye path moving left to right through the center. Bullets on the left-hand side indent is good, but they should be indented left for the bullets lined up under eye. It's still invented at that point, but it changes the way your eyes sequence through the process. We've tested it in the past, and if you actually think about what you have on the left edge, you'll find that you can improve what we call read-through. Read-through is different. On a long-page copy, linear cell, you need strong read-through. And, by the way, you shouldn't end step one to step two without a hook that drives them into step two. If you're moving them through the steps, make them need the second step before you present it. There's a way to do that in every case. this is not bad. It's just you could be much more effective. Too much underlined text in the, in the checkpoints that you have underneath it, and frankly, they look like links as well, which will get you in trouble. You don't want to use underlined text on a web page. It would be better to use bold or color or some other form, and I would only underline the keywords, and I would drive them through that very carefully. When you get to a form, be careful about a box within a box. Uh, every time there's a barrier, I stop, and you've got a box within a box which creates a double barrier. Also the way these fields are laid out, you could have two even in a linear even in a in a linear approach, you could actually shorten this without shortening the fields. I would shorten the number of fields, but you could also shorten the length of the form. And I would look real hard about how many radio buttons I have under like when do you think you would start your own business. Too many radio buttons, increase the number of choices, not more than three if at all possible. I could continue, but I just would like to point out that there's a lot of ways to improve the read-through, and to improve the lead capture. And with Jimmy's thoughts and Stefan's thoughts, perhaps there's a way we can help you or anyone with a site like that. All right, now I know I've got a smart audience, and I'm not flattering you. There's a lot of marketers on here from a lot of great companies, and I would like you to look at the next page. As you're looking at the next page, I want you to start to tell me what you would do. So here comes the page. It is Sound Choice. It's loading rather slowly, but it should be up here in just a moment. And it's interesting, it's loading differently in terms of appearance because I'm looking on a pretty wide monitor. And uh, you can already see a design flaw. On the monitor they designed it, you won't see the column on the left way to the left and the column on the right way to the right. They would be together. So we have an issue there. But would you please start to give me your feedback? I'm listening and I'm reading. I'm going to start to read it as you send it in. Remove the nav bar. Why is it centered like that? This is an issue with wide monitors. What do they want me to do? Good question. Somebody said, Jimmy is the king. Steve, I resent that. Too many flashy pictures. Too many options. Too many objectives. Sign in. Start here. Odd place. Too many banners on the bottom. Focus on what you really want. Don't understand the value proposition. Where's the call to action? I'm not sure a hat is a good incentive. Starts with an offer, not a value proposition. What's the main product? Can't even see the free shipping offer. There's some smart things coming in here. What about lead generation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera? No objective, and you can continue. We're watching that, Jimmy. I'm going to give you your three minutes and uh, tell us what you would do and help us help this uh, listener.
1: Well, the first thing that I see is that there is absolutely zero clarity for what this site is, does, or wants you to do. So all three of those things would need to be addressed. You pretty much want to start from scratch with your primary objective, which I don't believe has been uh, uh, picked and, and optimized for, for sure on this site. So well, I'm just going to pull out some, some elements that I don't know what they really want us to do. But for in terms of things that will make an impact, their free shipping, which was already mentioned, is totally lost in that little red bar at the top of that main image, which you go directly to free custom CDG and hat. I have no idea what CDG and the hat for, because I don't know what service they're trying to make, trying to get me to buy or to get. I'm assuming that's the primary offer, and I would design everything to drive into that offer. But I also wouldn't put see details. I put more information that would help you decide if this service or product is what's right for you. I have an interesting note about the design of this the layout of this page, because it is a 100% width page, and for many companies have these types of pages. And here's what I've been noticing lately with 100% <coughs> pages: it's that it defeats the eye path that you design based on your objectives. For example, if this page had a bunch of copy on it and you stretch the width, and it reorganizes the elements on the page, it defeats the your, the iPad that you've tried to build through the page if you've optimized properly. So if you were to use a page like this that, that stretches, you, you might, may only want to stretch a portion of the header and the footer without key elements in them, and that's about it. You wouldn't even want to stretch anything in the body. You want it to be fixed width, if at all possible, to keep your iPad and keep a customer going from left to right, top to bottom, through the page. Um, those are those are my few quick points on this particular one. Uh, another real quick one on the layout is three column designs. Almost every time we, te- we test three column designs, we find that they're not very effective. It's that, that third column usually is just totally missed. Whatever you have in it is not helping you uh, convert a sale. If anything, it's usually distracting. Unless you do a two column design, where your right navigation is supporting elements, which we column works pretty well.
0: Good. Excellent, thank you, Jimmy. Uh, Stefan, would you like to make a few comments before we? Sure. I mean,
2: I think that uh, our our folks online have identified what to me is the is the most glaring thing, which is of course that competition for the eye. So many different offers. Um, one one positive thing, uh, I'll be the voice of of positivity here. I love that uh, a sample newsletter is available. If someone does find that right hand column and the free email newsletter offer. There's a sample newsletter so people can see what they're going to be getting. That's something that uh that we strongly recommend now, back to the free custom c d g whatever that is and hat where is the hat Is it a real hat? I don't see the hat um, and, and I'd like to um so those those are my couple things oh the other the um the cart on this site. Another uh another best practice is that it's a dynamic cart, at least it tells you what is in it. Right now it's empty, but as you move through the site it will uh populate, show you probably price and perhaps the items in the cart. So those also I, I do like. Uh Flint, back to you. Well I think I,
0: I I'll take just a few seconds. I think we should move on because there's I wanna keep getting to your URLs. Stand patient, I've got many and I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep uh going through as many as we can. I pass, here's what to do. Print the page, ask yourself what's the objective. Place an acetate like an overhead projector at the top of this, this the, the acetates from overhead projectors or uh, a tracing paper. Then weight each of these objectives that you currently have on the page as they are and then take off that, that light tracing paper and then look at them as you want them to be and mark them up. Then go back and sort using, using size, color, motion, shape, and position to get people to see first, second, third, and fourth what you want them to see. This will eliminate the friction created by the competing offerings. At the same time, there's a lot of things you can do to this page. The testimonial uh, looks like a form field. You've got to be careful. There's many things, but we should move on so we can help more people. If this is your site, I uh, hope this has helped you. And if you had a site like it, perhaps it will help you also. I think we're going to move up to Quest Trade, and uh, that's a site that may relate to a different part of our audience. And so we've, we've selected you. We have some others that we're going to go through. I'm looking at several sites right now. I've got stacked up as we try to get to them as fast as possible. All right. This is uh, a different type of site. Looks like it's a, uh, it looks like the site of a larger company, uh, typical.com. And I'm going to let Jimmy take a, a stab at that. But before he does, I want to hear from the audience. Talk to me, please. Okay, what the heck are they selling? <laughs> Flash, t- flashing type is distracting. No clear objective. Why navigation at the top? Testimonials too big. These are this is feedback from Rich, Barbara, David, Tom, James, Nora. Show me a picture of something. Green text. Yuck, says James. Need layered information. Donald. Uh, There is no offering. There seems to be a lot of trap space. Katie, need more information for call to action. Tom, submit button could be bigger or have color. Scott, Adam says, uh, I think it's Adam that says, what if you live in the USA? The text doesn't walk you through the offer, and value statements aren't clear. Benefits and bullets, I continue. Alan, uh, uh, rename the submit button text. Good point. Privacy statement, what am I signing up for? And there are more. I'm looking. One of the things that we do is after a session like this, we actually print the transcript with all of your thoughts. Let me tell you how your your data and your input is being used. It's not just being used live, but we're going to take this presentation of this particular clinic. We're going to take all of your feedback, and we're going to integrate it. We actually get a transcript of every word plus a transcript of all of your questions and comments we compare those, and we use that to write the final draft of the brief that we release. So some of you, even if I haven't called out your suggestions, we're watching for anything you might say in there that will help us communicate better to uh, all of us who are working together in the marketing community to improve our results. So with that in mind, Jimmy, you've done a good job, and I appreciate your input. Let me ask you for three more minutes.
1: You got it. On this particular one, it's a. It's a I spent a couple of minutes on this, you, it's for a sit-to-try a simulator. Uh, it's a stock simulation type of software. But there's a huge problem on here. I have no idea why they're requiring my information. Am I going to get access? Are they going to show me the simulator? I clicked on a link that says try simulator, and there's a form, but it doesn't say complete this form to get access to the free simulator. The, there's no picture of the simulator. So I don't even, you know, the visual confirmation that I'm on the right page is not on here. They also have a link says "Click here for Cyber Trader Pro Features. And they, so you never want to put a link, a text link like that that's going to take someone directly off the page right there in your main copy. If anything, you want to keep them on your page. I'm not sure if that's a pop-up or what, but typically you wouldn't want to put a link like that that could potentially take them away. On this file a page, even if it would make the page longer, you could probably put those features, as long as it's not extraordinarily long, right on the page as, as basically selling benefits or reasons why to do the trial or reasons to try it out is to try the different features that they have on their uh, the feature list. So those are a few. The testimonials, I totally agree. And the, the main problem I feel with testimonials is that they have motion. And so what happens is you start proceeding through the copy, you see this motion of the testimonials moving at the corner of your eye and you're like, okay, and then you go down there and the testimonials, not that they're bad, but it's a distraction. It just, it, it, it disrupts your flow through the page and trying to get someone to go right through the copy, right down in the form and complete it, uh, with the motion in there. For me, particularly, uh, some of those testimonials are pretty long and if I do read them, and truly I'm not the fastest reader on the planet, I can't even get through the long one before it switches. And that was a little bit frustrating, uh, for me in particular. I absolutely agree about comments about the submit button. I don't think in the past three or four years we've ever even done a comp with a submit button. They always do something that tells the customer what they are going to get, not what they are going to give. So in this particular one, it would say something like get free access or start free access or start uh, try the simulator. Something in regards to that that would get them to move forward instead of thinking about submitting all this information that they have no reason, no idea why they need it uh, to try the simulator. Um, so that's my
0: quick uh, few minutes. Excellent, Jimmy. Very good. Stefan, go
1: ahead.
2: Okay. Well, I think Jimmy really hit the high points. One thing that I would question is the size and the position of the logo. Um, we're on a high-resolution monitor here, so we can see the whole page. I suspect that uh, on a lot of others, much of this would be pushed below the fold in part because of the size of that logo. The other question is about its position. It comes off the left-hand side of the page. If we were to do a heat map of this page, we might find that we see a center line uh, degr- sort of uh, point of attention rather than traditionally you start on the left and move over through the right-hand side of the page. Um, the green text I find... Uh, personally sort of difficult to read. uh we always caution against colored text uh, and one last comment on those testimonials is that uh inside one of them uh there there are even some sort of uh, not entirely positive comments, including once you get used to it, the cyber trader platform is is easy to use. I might want to consider a little more editing on that one um. And some of these iconic uh, items on the right-hand side, they're certainly not going to mean anything like the cup of coffee. That's not going to mean anything to a new, uh, a newly arrived uh, potential customer.
0: Excellent. We have four minutes. We could wrap or we could look at another site. We're going to go to another site. I think that's what serve you the most. And so let's rapidly move to this site right here, and, uh, and we'll take one more site and look together to get your comments. Now, I'd still like to hear from you, so as you see it up, rapidly type in what you think you would do to optimize this. John will scroll up and down so you can see the full length of the page, and uh, Stefan is studying it as it's taking place. Jimmy's there looking at it also, and we're going to give you a quick set of comments as you look at this page. Now, again, this doesn't – we've tried to sprinkle the sampling. We had so many pages submitted, and we've looked at service businesses. We've looked at subscription sites. We've looked at retail offerings. We've looked at poor sites and sites that had better quality in terms of just overall design. And uh, we're trying to do the best we can to reach the the, the needs of the full audience. And I'm going to come over here now and start to read these. No clue what they're selling again. No call to action. Header graphics too large. That's uh, uh, Michael, Stephen, Amanda, Tarina, Suzanne. Too much about them. Andy, kill the flash intro. Tom, too much emphasis. Logo's too big, Catan, and uh, show me the prize, Grant. Center text point is distracting, Michael. Flash is distracting. And uh, what are they selling, Catan? And uh, need a stronger value prop and headline, Scott. And uh, Elena, the right part is gone because of banner blindness. The call to action is below the fold, says Kurt. Too much color text, says Stella. Jimmy, I'm going to limit you to one minute. So just uh, fire away. Help us understand. Got it. What would you do? Uh,
1: the headline is in all caps, and we never put headlines in all caps because it is more difficult to read. Same thing with the blue text points that are in all caps. you got the color text. Another thing is on the right-hand side, that banner over there with that text like that is almost impossible to read clearly. I have no idea where to go. And you have the distracting flash banner that takes your eyes over there takes it directly away from the primary, you know, offer copy on the left-hand side, and it's just this particular font is too small in particular. I mean, usually we we suggest at the minimum maybe a 12-point font, usually our pixel font, usually 13, 14, 15, depending on the type of product and the type of page. And on this particular one to reduce friction, we would embed the lead capture form instead of using the blue text link. If this is a, quote-unquote, marketing agency, Gosh darn it! It needs to look and feel like a marketing agency site, and this one doesn't. Including, you know, they have an email. You know, you click on a link and it just goes to your standard email
0: uh, to send in your lead, instead of a lead capture form, which would be much more professional and simple and easy. Yes, Jimmy. In fact, it's a kind of a classic example of of trying to look trendy. And uh, and doing so at the expense of a smooth user experience. Stephanie yes. Hawk. Just to
2: the uh, the top sort of nav section in yellow is gigantic, really pushing the, the key content down the page. And the only parts of this page that made any sense to me were the bullet points. Uh, all of the uh, all of the text was uh, competing with the with the flash. I found it a very difficult page to come to grips with and figure out what the what the value prop was. Uh, the sample prop projects link at the bottom, by the way, also going to be competing with uh, the uh, contact us link.
0: Very good. Well, I appreciate the audience joining us again today. We're very grateful for your participation. We're going to be releasing a brief with more detailed information from this series of experiments. And uh, we're teaching this in detail in our certification course in landing page optimization. And, and all of your input is very useful in helping us hear from the community and understand what you need. Could I just ask you to do that, that last step that is so helpful here, Could you just take a few moments to tell us if this particular session has been helpful, if you enjoyed it, if there's any way we can improve it? Has the pace been good? We read every single comment, and as we're closing out, we would be very grateful to get your thoughts on this so that we can keep improving. You may notice that the last four or five clinics have been changing in response to your uh, response to us, and for that we are very grateful. So I'm going to sign off. I'm going to thank you again for your trust tell you that in 14 days we'll be back with another clinic and ask you to give us your comments we are grateful take care